Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League, the Travis and Mark edition. We decided to mix it up, not have a guest on this week, so that we could uh, just, you know, really speak to you guys all directly. We know that you guys have been tired of us having guests on recently, so we decided to do it, just the two of us. Of course, the show is brought to you by Alienware. But first, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Going great. Um, yep. We decided this. You definitely text me at like noon today saying who should we get. Well, you gave me pro players. Pro players never come on the show, um, especially if like well, now I, it's going to be really hard to get them on Mondays. Yeah, I mean that's true. But also, we should try and get pro players because they are the whole reason that this esport kind of the the only, goes. I, you know I do like having pros on here. The problem is they can't ever answer half the the things that we ask them. It's like, hey, what do you think about anything other than the meta? And they're like, well, oh, I haven't really thought about that. What do you think about, like, it, it, you could literally do an episode that's Gameplay. like. Gameplay. That's. Uh, like teams. Yeah, I'm just saying we could do an episode that's literally like Riot is thinking about cutting the, the amount of teams in the league down to five. And the pro players would be like, I don't really know, man. You know, like, it's just my job to play. I don't really think about that stuff. Oh, I don't really have any control over it. So Riot is going to make players play in cages uh, and <laughs> yeah. suspend them from the audience. Well, and they're I like, oh, I, mean, I think it's kind of dumb, know. but, uh, you know, like, it's not like I could do anything about it. Uh, anyway, how you been, Mark? What's been going on with you? Uh, not much. It's a busy week, short turnaround time with uh, Super Week coming up this week. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, and I don't think people even know that it's Super Week. Like... People we don't in the think chat. So either. I don't think that like. Okay, so if I was a company and I owned an esports league, and there was a a schedule change coming up, I would probably advertise that. And then, if you had a super week where there's going to be additional games on a day that normally doesn't ever have games, I would probably advertise that. But I don't feel like they've done a good Travis, job of advertising that. Th that's why you will never own. A league you don't get it it's all about not telling people because then it's it. such a pleasant surprise when they check twitch on their lunch breaks or between meetings and they go oh what the hecky oh oh what the hecky <laughs> yeah i think that's what Pete. i think that's is what, that, like, is that what they sound like uh, oh what the hecky yeah they go the the tech bros check their phone and go oh what the hecky Leagues uh, on? Ooh, woo. <laughs> Sorry, boss. I can't come to my next meeting. Uh, yeah. Please, Sorry, please man. don't get mad at me. Ooh, woo. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> oh, this episode's already off the rails, and we're like three minutes in. Dude, I'm sorry. I, I, it's not only a super week where I have a fast turnaround time, but I also like I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow for uh, you know, um, Valentine's Day. Yeah, for Tuesday. So just like. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just have like this week is gonna burn me out. Like Disneyland does not recharge me. You know, that's like I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. No, it's by the end, of, by the end, by Friday night, I'm gonna be dead. I yeah. I normally when the I went, I went to Disneyland last year, and by like five o'clock, I was like, okay, do we need to keep walking around and doing stuff? What if we just sat here and I drank an alcoholic beverage? I mean, that's that's what we're gonna do is probably uh drink a lot and that'll that'll be a lot of fun because i they always like they you know the disneyland or the california adventure has all like the little like pop-up stands yeah whatever they're called i just want to say i've now uh, seen episode four but i've not seen episode five of the last of us 
What the fuck are you doing? It you is just not, said you didn't watch the Super Bowl. It is not my fault. I am watching with somebody, and uh, they were like, oh, yeah, I can't watch episode five. Oh, episode five was, was very good. I liked okay. it more than episode four. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it after I watch it. Um, but what else did you watch? Anything interesting? Nothing? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, I just saw that there's a Bill Russell Netflix documentary. I'm going to make Ashley watch that shit. I don't know what that is. You don't know who Bill Russell is? No. That's okay. I won't I won't jet you. Oh god. Sports sports stuff? <laughs> yeah. I I think the LCS should ban sports analogies. I think after 11 take. years you no longer need to be like it's just like when Jimmy John was catching that interception in Super Bowl of 1974. Uh, Jimmy John and then he made the subs afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, Jimmy John, uh, it's a very popular name, okay? Dude, he was very successful. He was both a Super Bowl winning whatever he was and the uh, sub-entrepreneur. I'm just like, you know what is not going to get us a new, younger, and my diver more diverse audience? 30-year-old sports analogies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I still like sports. I still like will mention traditional sports, but I'll usually like mention it more in juxtaposition rather than like referential stuff you know like yeah we'll talk about it on the show oh, we'll be like oh this format is done or like traditional sports doesn't do this or does this but yeah or like, like traditional media for sports is like that or, right yeah. um physical 100 yes i did watch that that was so long ago i forgot because it comes out on tuesdays which is like right after the show these next two episodes were fucking amazing again the production team whoever is like the director producer of this just fucking they get it they know how to make good stories oh my god the underdog story was amazing the like downtime while they're waiting for the other thing to go on the like second elimination match you know the boat towing like all that stuff is just so cool they fucking get it it's awesome cool i mean that's just korean semen demon that's just how korean um tv shows are like what uh japanese and korean uh, variety shows and just the, it's their way they edit. They show things four times from every angle. I get that that might be annoying, but that's a cultural thing if you watch a lot of them. Um, Mark just talking oh. to the chat, even though everybody yeah, else. Yeah, sorry. Is... They they said they didn't like how they show the same thing four times, but that's just kind of how they do it. Yeah. Well, that's still a reason to not like something. Yeah, I mean, I said it's fair. I'm just saying that it's uh, it's less a specific thing about this show and more just like how they edit for their audience. Yeah. Well, uh, I have a new setup that's scuffed, but I'm going to deploy it after the show. You see this shit, Mark? This is my new... I can now open cards oh, oh. on stream. You're, you're a real magic content creator. No, I tried to set up uh, like a very fancy camera setup, and instead now I just have like this janked, awkward angle. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you're trying. So he I've says, seen that setup. Or, uh, Jordan says, my man is addicted... To MTG, I don't think I'm addicted. I'm not doing anything unhealthy. I'm just playing a lot of. You're, wait, wait. You're you're redefining your entire personality and schedule around a card game. I think that's an addiction. How am I doing that? It's not like I've asked to move Hotline League. I just you, go on you Fridays. Everything after... you do, you go all the time. You you have new friend groups. 
You spend all this money, you're redoing your camera setup. Look at your background. Look at that. It's a real background behind you now. For years, your office didn't look this good. Now it looks this good. Why is that? Magic addiction. It's it's literally because I had to move the camera to the other monitor so that I could open the cards over here. It's not because of magic addiction. It's just because of the yeah, way well, it That's was. literally what you just said. You said I needed to change my entire But that's setup not so because of magic. Up. It's not like I'm like, ooh, I'm going to become a mega Magic the Gathering Twitch streamer. It's literally I just picked up a fucking webcam and put, moved it from one monitor to the other. Dude, every every weekend you're like, uh, I'm like, do you want to do something? That's not, that's a lie. But every weekend, that's you're not like, true at I'm all. You never magic. want to do anything on the weekends. <laughs> okay, I admit I lie. But that's every time a... that I, I message you, every time I message you, and it's not the morning, you're like, sorry, I have a magic thing going on. No, that's not true at all. When because you you can't ever do anything after three thirty. Yeah, well, but I mean, like, I'll be texting you just about other things. You'll be like, sorry, I was at magic, I couldn't respond. I, yeah, because I think I you messaged me on Friday nights sorry. after hotline. We should do a Twitch. I'm going to do a Twitch poll right now. Slash Why? Poll. These people don't know me. Is Travis addicted? I mean, they're just using the evidence presented. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I spent fucking two and a half years in this goddamn apartment. And now I can actually go out and interact with people. And, you know, in 2023, nobody, there's no events. There's no, like, community things that you can go to. Like, what, I'm going to go to the fucking farmer's market and, like, make friends with Bob and Cindy and their new two-year-old. Like I, I'm. You could, this is you like a cool. It's a cool way to go goat, out and do cheese. stuff. And so I play. I go play magic, and it's been fun. Uh, yeah. Hundred thieves went to the farmers market. Dude, you're you're playing magic in the middle of the show. <laughs> no, you're not. actively playing magic right now. I can see it as reflected I just, I just in your picked, eyes. I you just, have MTG I, Arena up. I can see. I you do have not MTG have MTG Arena, Arena. Up, dude. People are gonna believe that. I don't actually have MTG Arena. Podcast listeners, he has pod, he has it up. I do not. I'm holding magic cards in my hand though, because I had them on my deck or my uh, desk. Okay, let's talk about something else. Like League of Legends. Like what? <laughs> Esports. Oh, really? Is, do you still even care about that? I thought all he cared about was magic. Who? What? Uh, dude, I'm one of the few people who care about it. You you should make those jokes, okay? Don't scare me off. I, I care about it, dude. I was, I was slamming it. You and I care about it, and that's it, okay? I think a couple other people care. I mean, based off of week-to-week -week viewership, it's a diminishing number, Mark. Wait, did so... I know we were talking about this ourselves. You said like, "Oh, week three looks like shit." But a Thursday viewership look looked like shit when I was when I was just doing the sort of casual glances at Twitch. Like it was sitting at like sixty five k for most of that day. It felt like it. It looked bad to me too. I thought I saw that too. But then when I checked the average of viewers, it, it hasn't changed that much. Really? Um, it has Maybe more people moving to coast streams or something. This, I don't know. This week. Yeah, it must be co-streams doing doing more than I, I realized or something. Because yeah, I look, I, I agree. Like you said that, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh yeah, bummer. And then I looked at the average viewers this week for uh, esports charts, and it hasn't gone down that much. So I don't know. Well, do you think we can bait LS to calling in again? Because I posted his video, I posted the clip of him on Hotline League last week, and it's now the number one out of the last ten videos on my channel, with a twelve point four percent click through rate. On YouTube. Oh, as a yes. short or uh, as a uh, no, just as a regular video. You could go look; it's just crushing it because LS is in it, and it says LS defends LCS. What if instead of covering uh, oh, the wait. LCS, we just cover LS? It's one less letter in the middle. 
in terms of YouTube KPIs too, it, it's much better. Yeah. Like the, I, the other thing you did is you hid the fact it was a hotline lead clip with the thumbnail. Yeah. LS defends LCS. All right, let's just check out LS Clips channel and just start pulling them up and reacting. Yeah. What do we got? What are LS we talking about? LS Clips. LS highlights and clips. Um, most recent video from three days ago, the new Aurelian Soul rework is completely broken. All Long. right, guys. Tonight, we're going to be talking about whether or not the new Aurelian Soul rework is completely broken and if LS is wrong or right about it. Hit your Start typing in your takes now in the calls and we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, this, this one has a funny title. LS hyphen... Zeri Lulu Lucian Nami. Zeri Lulu Lucian Nami. Zeri Lulu. Just, they Did that the video perform well? That's a strange title. All right. Anyway, what happened this past week that we could talk about in League of Legends? Uh, uh, nobody watched my, or I shouldn't say nobody. I did an interview with Prince and Peter. It is like the most wholesome interview that I have done in forever. And boy, did that video underperform. Uh, and it what, just it got 35k views. Yeah, but like, go look at the the previous Peter one, like, or even the previous print. Like, they just, I thought for sure that that one was going to crush it. And it's just chilling. This is actually a show where we just talk about how my YouTube channel is doing now, folks. We just talk about YouTube. We don't yes. talk about League of Legends. Yeah. I bet a lot of people are frustrated with this episode already. Yes. I, we're, okay, we'll get into it. But, okay. Joke aside about the viewership on that video, uh, that was so cute. Um, I did not anticipate. I knew that he was like a fan of Peter's, but that man was like broken. Did you watch the video yet, Mark? I won't judge you. For yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He was, I got into it. And I was like, oh, this will be funny because like Prince, like for those that have not seen him in other content, he's very cocky. He's very animated. He like likes to tra uh, trash talk, et cetera, et cetera. He's been a great addition to the league already three weeks in, and he just like shut down and couldn't speak next to Peter in that interview. And it was actually remarkable. Uh, I don't know if I've seen anything like that between two pro players. And I don't know. It's just like a yeah. really cool story. Usually when people say like, oh, I'm a fan of this guy. This guy inspired me to play. By the time they meet, it's like some level of the like fan experience has worn off. But this was like Prince could have been a random meeting peter you know this could be like a 14 year old kid who grew up watching peter in met him you know not like one of the best 80 carries in the world meeting peter which is why it's it's really cute yeah everybody says i i uploaded it too late well one if i uploaded it within 24 hours it wouldn't have gone anywhere on reddit because they just slam it with a spoiler thing and two uh i thought for sure that an interview that expanded on like the little Twitter clip would have been something that people like they talk about stuff and who won lane and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's very different. It's very different. Also the click through rate was great. It was just a matter of, for some reason, YouTube didn't show it to that many people. Travis, um, yeah, I just realized what? you do not have my webcam cropped properly. This show is coming apart at the seams. Can you elaborate? Like, uh, my, I'm just like the far right side and the top of my thumb, my, uh, webcam is fucking troll. Uh, if you played less magic and paid more attention to your production, you might've caught that. 
I don't know how that happened. Uh, um, I'm also surprised nobody in chat noticed it. All right. That's because they're not detail minded like me. Uh, we had a lot of we had a good weekend. Yes. Uh, you showed me some data. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it to gas ourselves. No, 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 Don't. No, no, no. I get I get my own data too, by the way. Yeah. Well, you could use your data. Don't use my data. All right. Well, I'll wait till I get my data a little bit better. We'll talk about it next week then. Uh, but. There was a lot of interesting stuff that went down. The FlyQuest 100 Thieves match, I think, was super fun. I, even setting aside the stuff that happened afterwards, I think Prince and Double F meeting up was uh, really neat. I do think this is the weekend where people, like the, the community, like all the Double F haters seem to get silenced after this weekend. Uh, not to say that like he beat Prince or anything like that, but I think there were a lot of people that thought, that were just like excited for him. They're like, oh, he's gonna go zero six at Worlds. This guy sucks, blah, blah, blah. He's so, so washed, like, whatever. And like, honestly, he seems like a top three AD in the league right now. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I think, no, I think it's him, Prince, Berserker, FBI kind of fighting for the top four. Um, and I think FBI might have been like a little less individually dominant. I think he plays a very good role for that team, but maybe, I don't know, it's close. Um, so that was fun. We what other what other big matches we did we have? We had the C nine match, right? Um, yeah, C nine uh, played EG. They lost uh, a bunch of the top teams played each other. Hundred Thieves beat TL. I guess to your point about them like kind of proving themselves. EG lost to FlyQuest. We had uh, a, lot, a lot of those. We had that caller last week that was like, "Oh yeah, FlyQuest is actually overrated." I think they are now solidly rated. They are six and zero. Uh, everybody else is at least two games behind them and they've beat, is there any top team that they have not played yet? They, this uh, weekend they play, week, there's... this, this coming weekend they play, or this coming week they play Immortals, TSM, and CLG. And that the will finish out, coming for them. that'll finish out their, their whole thing. Uh, Wait, also five for them? CLG now two and four. My skepticism two hotline leaks ago proven to be fair. They um, also play this week all top half of the league teams, depending on your definition of Team Liquid. They play Team Liquid, 100 Thieves, and FlyQuest. So a very possible two and... Uh, I can't do math. Seven? Seven? Yes. Yeah, two and seven around out the, the first round, Robin. Yeah. Looking tough. CLG Looking real tough. I on mean, the flip side, Golden Guardians in rally position, TSM dig and then 100 Thieves to close it out. They could finish four and five. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, this Super Week is a cool... Again, I wish that they had done more to promote the fact that Super Week was happening because... And not only that Super Week was happening, but that it was the end of the first round robin. You know what? I'm going to say this. Uh, the LCS... people, A lot of people talking about the LCS format in comparison to LEC... I think that the LCS format suffers even more whenever they don't lean into the format. Like, there should be a lot of talk of, like, all the teams will be playing each other by the end of this week. Like, who's going to finish, you know, top at the end of the... Or who's going to be able to recover? What's everything look like after the first round robin? And uh, I don't I don't see any, any hype around that. So, uh, uh, this, Dana asks, is there another... Is there another parking lot after party this week, too? Yes, I don't know what day. On Friday. Uh, Friday? I am uh, 95% certain it's Friday. 
That it's sounds uh, right, but I could be it's wrong. like a Lunar New Year after party. Even though Lunar New Year, I think, is over. I'm I'm an ignorant person, so please feel free to correct me. But I, they're doing like something. I feel like that's a little late. Uh, which not to say they shouldn't do it. I'm just somewhat surprised by the delay. So yes, another after party this week. Um, Poggers, Poggers, Woggers. Yeah, Arsh says it's Friday after the last game. Yeah. And the theme is Lunar New Year, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's public yet, so I, I'm a little afraid to say anything here. No, they've said it public. Anything. I know. I know. Only know about it because of the fact that they've. I did not hear about it privately. So, well, Papa Smithy said Lunar New Year Friday. So there you go. Yeah, but I think that I heard there's going to be some sick Primo Gem opportunities. Primo gems. <laughs> yeah, you can get some Primos. Yeah, wrong game, Mark. We we stopped covering huh? that game. Um, we had a fun segment with Berserker versus Sven 1v1 uh, I think uh, a lot of the between show content has been or between game content has been really fun uh, I'm looking forward to more of that I interviewed Jojo um, he went to the bathroom before the interview normally a pro player wins the game and you grab them right away and he took his peripherals and left the stage and I was standing up there in front of fans for like five minutes I'm like alright I guess we'll interview Jojo after the break yeah yeah, it was interesting to see you guys all rotate into the interview position. I, I like interviewing pros, to be honest. Maybe you should step off. All right. Uh, mm. That's kind of Oh, you thing. know what? We have a lot of guests. Travis, we do a lot of guest stuff now. How would you feel about coming on to be the LCS interviewer? Or do you want to co-cast a game? Do you want to be a special I guest? I do not think I should co-cast a game. I would I would be down would be, to be a guest on the broadcast one day. I think that that would be it, fun and weird. I think it'd be so fun to have you co-cast a game where you just get up there. You just want to see just, me get exposed. No, not exposed. It's just like you know, telling telling the stories that matter. Like, you know, Jojo Pune will get a solo kill, and you'll be like, "Did you know Jojo Pune one time uh, ghosted me when I?" And that's, <laughs> Just all your all your analysis. Hey, all my analysis is just. By the way, this guy actually cares about his Twitter following. It is, but tried to grow it. Um, I interviewed this guy uh, two weeks ago, actually, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That would be interesting. It would be, it would be bizarre. I like you. You and I have joked about me doing stuff with the broadcast before. This is the first time you've ever mentioned the idea of being, being a guest caster, and I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that. That is, that feels like it'd be so strange. How do you feel about hosting the analyst desk for a, a day? Well, there's no host now for the analyst desk, so yeah, but it'd be funny to make you the host for a day. <laughs> Maximum chaos. Off. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Ooh, Travis, me, and Kobe TriCast would be a lot of fun, actually. That would actually nope. be fun for for nope like a play. for a game that doesn't matter or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like a week seven, week eight. One of these teams is already out. That know? would that would actually be very fun. It'd be like you and Kobe arguing about coasters and like who's not putting their cups on them. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got into it today because I saw him wearing shoes in the house. Uh, but I came home, Perfect. and he had just been. We should get into the show. Uh, do we have takes and stuff? What else? What else? Is there anything else we need to talk about? I haven't about from done this anything. I've not done any work yet. Let me okay. start pulling callers. So, uh, one. LEC continuing to do champs queue stuff, right? It seems like it's alive. 
Yeah, I didn't really follow that. I, I, quote, I retweeted Empire one time just to like stir the pot for fun. I didn't yeah. really look into it, though. I, I just thought he said something, and I retweeted it to, uh, I don't know. I just, think it's just still chaos. a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like it's there, the games were great this weekend, but for once, there's no strange drama or anything unusual to really dig into. So I think it's a bit of an open lines night. So... But we actually have a ton of people in pub calls and sub calls and everything. So uh, hopefully we get some great takes from everybody on this week's episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to pull some. John but, Q in the chat yeah. says, Travis on air. Did you know Jojo Pion cannot name a single League of Legends skin? Then he bailed on the geography quiz because he doesn't know any geography. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to cover there. I feel like, like you'd be s- such a good cast, man. Yeah, that would be fun. I've, yeah, there'd be a Reddit thread afterwards. It's like, do they even care anymore? <laughs> uh, of course. Pros don't know what Australia is. Exactly. Well, Sven, looking better in the lane right now than he did in the geography quiz. <laughs> Not a good look. Uh, all right. Mark's pulled a couple people. Do you want to go grab them? Yeah, I'll, I'll get one. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll get one. Off Mark goes, thank you to... Uh, God Mode, Fart Master Blaster, Ari Waddle, Dusk Dodger, Dodgers, Laminar 2100, DJ Anna, Badger Yard, Zamelkai, Donut, Immortal Scrub, Vanilla SB. Thank you for the five gifted subs. Uh, what else? Is Mark back yet? Yeah, I'm here. here. He I'm is. Here. Okay. Here. Uh, so, hello, Brandywine. Where are you calling from? Calling from Southern Oregon. Southern Oregon. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I'm talking about how FlyQuest um, is going to be the first North American team to win an international event, and it is going to happen this year. Which international event are they winning? They're going to. Uh, it doesn't really matter. My take is it's going to be one. Of I them think it matters. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I think if they win either of them, it's going to be a big feat. So, just say worlds because. Uh... Why not at this point? You're already this far into the take. Just say that FlyQuest is winning worlds. Yeah, FlyQuest is winning worlds. Pog. Um, who was it? Somebody was it you? Somebody told me that they that Vedius had retweeted or one of the LEC casters had retweeted something a take about how or like had quote tweeted something from Reddit about how they thought that FlyQuest was like the best team in the league or in the West right now, and they're like, oh, we're gonna see you know, saving this for later or whatever. Um, uh, I, I vaguely you. remember something like that. Yeah. Um, I didn't say anything to you about it, but I remember. I think I remember seeing Vedia say that, and I think it's. Uh, I think um, Treats and LS did a like combined list of something between LEC and LCS, and FlyQuest was on top of it. Ooh. Um, I can't remember if it was an eighty carry list, and it was Prince number one, or if it was a. I think it was an eighty carry list, and Prince was number one. Um. But uh, Prince himself listed where he thought they were at, and he was like on a scale of one to ten. He said like on a global scale, he said FlyQuest right now is like a five point five in his mind, and like okay. the LPL teams are between a five point five and a seven point five, you know, or something. And like Korea, I forget the number. So he's saying like he thinks they're on the low end of the Eastern League teams. Um, so uh, a little bit of a cold water on your take brandywine if the guy that you're trying to gas up himself is a little pessimistic of their odds well why don't you expand brandywine go ahead first off it's it's we're still a few months away uh second 
the uh, they don't even have their full team right now. Like they're playing with um, with Winsome, who's doing great. But I, I have seen him called out um, by a few players on other teams uh, uh, for being kind of you know the weak part of the at least the lane. Um, and also just like the very fact that Prince is in the conversation for being best in position in the world or like, you know, in that top 10, like we don't see that. We haven't seen that yet. Um, and so I think that like, yeah, I think, I think they have the best chance of winning worlds of any team that we've ever sent for sure. Uh, and of course have to make the take good. So we have to send them first. Um, <laughs> Mark. I, so is this I mean, don't give me, go ahead. I was gonna say, don't get me wrong. I think FlyQuest is incredible, and I keep everyone keeps being like, "Are they gonna go 18 and 0?" And I'll be like, "Yes," every single time, and I'll I'll say they're gonna win the split. Anytime people try and put one of those like, "What's a hot take I can say about FlyQuest?" I'm always like, "Yes," um, but that's domestically. I don't know about internationally. I can say these things. Also, we have had 17 one teams before, and Immortals, the TSM. You know, um, we've had 16 and two teams before, and they don't always do well internationally. So I don't know if regional dominance in North America necessarily translates to the big stage. I do think that they, um, top to bottom, look like one of the most competent teams we have sent um, in a long time, assuming that they, they go. I'm, I, I like them a lot. It's not like they're perfect. Vikla has had some oopsies. Impact has had some oopsies. Um, Prince is immaculate. <laughs> uh, so I, I think there's still areas for them to improve on. You know, it's, I don't think they're capped out to your point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do we I, have any winsome takes? Uh, there we, are some, but do you want to Should we detour here? Any? Let's just detour here. I mean, there, there are some, but... Yeah, I think I think if we're talking about FlyQuest, let's do it here. A uh, quick detour to talk about the winsome Ayla thing. Brandywine, do you think that they should keep winsome? Or do you think... Because here's the thing. They're currently undefeated with this guy. Uh, like, you have to worry a little bit, I feel like, about getting your mojo messed up if you change them out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now, it looks like kind of regardless, there's it's, it's a really good chance that they're going to win at least the regular season in the split. Um, and even if it costs a couple games now, I think that bringing in this guy who um, has been hyped up and has been the best in his position in Academy um, and who I think has a lot of potential to be really good with the team, I think that's a good thing to do um even if it will cost a game or two you know it might cost 18-0 but in the long run will be um great which is nothing against winsome i just think that you know uh historically ayla has shown um more where he's been uh brandy when i keep turning you up and then turning you down because you'll go low and then and then quiet again so um i don't know if you're moving um, away from your microphone but if you can you can stay close mark go ahead i was gonna say i kind of agree with um Brandywine, I think for me at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be what the players want to do that I would I would defer to. So if like a bunch of the guys are like, actually, I really enjoy playing with Winsome, and I think I would prefer to stick, keep playing with him. I think preserving the harmony of the team is the most important thing. As much as that would suck for Ayla, you know, like I get it. I do think Ayla is really good, um, and I'd be happy to see him on this team. I normally hate uh, the six man roster idea. I think it's a joke. I think it's usually like you don't know. Uh, <laughs> what you want to choose between two bad options and you just kind of like put it off. This is not that situation. I think it's like a player who has legitimately earned their potential starting spot during the time that they've subbed in to like, it's just like when Drew Bledsoe got injured with the Patriots, Travis, Ugh. and then Tom Brady stepped in 
um, and, you know, became the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, that's basically Stop. what the opportunity is here for Winsome. Our viewership you know. is running, is dying right now. <laughs> oh my God, we just lost 400 viewers. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it is a situation where like, you know, it's, it's more of a feels good moment for a guy who has, has overperformed expectations. I think a lot of us had for him. So, uh, okay. I, I would, I would, I would maybe do a position battle, you know, like it to, to the caller's point that is objectively worse in the short term. Um, and maybe in the long term too, like you should just pick who you think is the best option. Um, but maybe, like, you know, people don't always know what the best option is. Maybe there's just a little something, something that wins some brings that makes him the right fit for the team. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. I, I'm just very curious to see what happens because it's going to be very spicy if or when that decision has to get made. Uh, all right. So back to is FlyQuest going to do really well internationally? I, hot take. I don't think that the league is as good as everybody is as good as everyone thought it was going to be right now, which is not to say that like I'm an LCS doubter, LCS hater or something like that. But going into this year, everybody's like, oh man, it's going to be, there's going to be so much parody and all that stuff. And I know Ellis said like, like there's a decent amount of good teams, but like, I don't know. I kind of feel like. Oh my God, Travis is burnt out already. No, no, no. I just, I don't think Hundred Thieves should be doing as good as they are. And like the fact that they are, they're almost like my barometer. Um, that makes me feel as though the rest of the teams are not as good as they should be. Does that make sense? Which team did you say? Sorry, I, I, I said I don't think Hundred Thieves should be doing as good as they are. Okay, I somewhat disagree with that as someone who believed in 100 thieves people yeah you like, had them higher on the power rankings than most i think yeah and i i get why people doubted them because it's like oh Bjerg and double have to work off the rust and blah 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 but okay like bjergson was actually still fine last year people are just haters closer's been one of the best junglers in the league for a while he made three straight finals busios is quite hyped up tenacity is quite good and double if was the only real question mark but he's historically very good and like I think he was very hungry based off his reasoning for coming back and stuff. And he wasn't going to like the, the, the problem that Peter has, it seems like is like too much prolonged success for him can lead to him getting bored um, and like kind of stepping back. And I don't think that he's in that phase right now. Um, so like the reasons to doubt hundred thieves, I was like, uh, maybe the rookies flop and double lift is just bad now. But like, I don't think that's going to happen. I watched his, his champions games. He looks pretty good, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. But you, uh, I think you are underselling the questions around hundred thieves going into this year, which, which honestly, like I, again, people are going to interpret me saying this as, Oh, this is Travis being a hundred T hater. It's almost like I, I hate it when people use some, not to say that this is what you're doing, but people will sometimes use like revisionist history to try to like undercut how impressive it is that a team is doing well. Like, team suddenly pops off or is doing really well and everybody goes like oh well we should have always known or people always knew or whatever like tenacity and busio i think were pretty big question marks not to say that they weren't good but like how many times have we seen somebody who's like hyped up in academy make it into lcs and then not look good uh, bjergsen was not in near like everyone wanted to pretend like bjergsen was like one of the worst mid laners in the league last year i agree that he wasn't but by no means was he like the standout best um and then, yeah, like well, the, the Peter stuff is, I mean, 
everybody, even the other pro players were saying that guy looks really bad. Uh, like, I don't know if you saw the Vulcan Bjergsen or Bjergsen, uh, Vulcan Berserker interview, but they were both talking about how they thought that he was, his success was very surprising given what they had seen from him on stream and everything before. So I don't know. I, I plus, is that okay. So real, or is that just shit talking the shit talker? Type no, thing, I you know think that I mean? they're like, being real about it because they're saying it now. You know, it's not like, I don't know. Sorry, whatever. Uh, uh, Mark I'll Reamerson. just say this. Like, I think uh, very promising rookies who debut on good teams usually actually do good more often than terrible. Um, there's a lot of players who step in and do well. Um, you know, tacticals of the world and stuff like that. I know people meme him now, but like when he stepped in for Peter back then, it was, he was pretty good and stuff. I think if you have a competent team around you, it's a lot easier versus like Ken be stepping in for Immortals. And I think environment factors into that so much but that's usually one player on a team that's usually already finding success this was two players on a team that hadn't really existed jojo before, danny danny, jojo had, danny. Dan, jo, danny had already been there before and, and fucking tenacity's been at 100 thieves for like six years he didn't play he played like one lcs game as like this the sixth man but he's, yeah, he's yeah. been there like, i know i, I, I but it's not to say he licorice that Blabber. team Fucking Niski. I don't know, dude. They, people add like put put players in, and if they're on a competent team, they look good. It's fine. Biofrost. I, I can keep rattling off rookies who joined good teams and looked good. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to find players who did the opposite. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight this battle with you right now. I I think it's much harder to find a player that was put on a good team and they were the one guy other than Mike Young, who's like the obvious example. I don't know who else would, would jump off the page. But um oh yeah, Spika is a good another good example. Fudge, another good example. There's just countless players who you, you put them in on top teams. Um so, anyways, bigger point being. I agree that the LCS is maybe not as competitive as we were sold on due to Dignitas being a boner flop and Team Liquid uh, getting overhyped scrim results. I think we have a legitimate four-way fight for best team in the league or like maybe second place now between 100 Thieves, C9, and EG with Iquis being the clear number one. I think Team Liquid and Dignitas have temporarily, or Dignitas clearly, but uh, Team Liquid has, has kind of dropped out of that serious conversation. Maybe they can claw back up. But how they were hyped in scrims has not delivered at all on stage, and there's enough problems showing that like I don't think that stage version or that scrim version is coming anytime soon. All right. So do so you I, think I that the league is better? Do you? I know you disagree with my hundred T take. Do you disagree with the idea that the week the league is weaker than people expected? No, no, I'm I'm agreeing with that take. I think it's a little weaker than we were sold on at the start. Okay. Just because like we we were sold on six teams and we got four, and so yeah. that's part of the reason why. I am I am really a big fan of this FlyQuest team. I think they're really fun. I think that they've done some great content. I love the Princess personality. I think it's just really neat. They're they're refreshing for the league. I am very skeptical that they're like going to crush it internationally this year. Or rather that I could see them outperforming North America standard, but I don't think that they're going to win. Wow, my hot take is I don't think they're going to win an international event. Uh Jesus, Travis, cold, cold Sorry. down there, buddy. Pump the brakes. Sorry, Brandywine. Uh, either way, thank you so much, Brandywine. Smithy, you're raging out in chat. Anything, anything you want to say uh, before we say goodbye, Brandywine? 
Oh, uh, just want to shout out all the work that y'all do. It's great. Um, and uh, shout out to FlyQuest. Big fan. Have been a fan for a while, so it's nice to see him at the top. Um, and uh, shout out to my uh, folks doing fantasy because they let me have four out of five of the FlyQuest players. So Nice. Yeah. Have a good one. I'll too. All right. Off mark goes um, to get the next caller. Before I get the next caller, oh. uh, there was someone who joined uh, the Pub Topics channel. His name was Tober Gukula. Tober Gukula. I don't know. They said, they added me. They said, hot take anime sucks. And then they left. And I haven't been able to get them back. I figured you would appreciate debating that. Um, but unfortunately, when we needed him most, he disappeared. What a loss. Okay, there goes Mark. Uh, thank you to Liberi. Craig Yorger for three years. Thanks, Craig. Pepper X PhD, Slope Soaring, Kid Kane, Late Night Arc, Tay Tay Swizzle, and Funky Man for the subs. Thanks, everybody. A bunch of you guys subbed at the start of the show. We got a sub train going. It was very nice. Um, yeah. By the way, I had two smaller companies reach out to me last week after we talked about not having sponsors. That was very nice for those of you that did reach out. Uh, not sure if we're going to be able to make anything happen or not, but yeah, looking looking for sponsors actively for the show and uh, for other stuff. I don't know at this point in time. I don't know if I'll have a sponsor for MSI. Okay, Taco is here. Taco, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Japan. From where? From Japan. Japan. Oh, sick. Oh, you've been on the show before, right? Yeah, I have. Okay, welcome back. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So my topic is that Hunter T has what it takes to win it all, but tenacity is actually holding them back. Tenacity is holding back Hunter T. Mark was just telling me that like he's great and everything's amazing and Hunter T is the best. Blah, blah blah. Why do you think that tenacity is holding them back? So this isn't so much a tenacity is a bad player take because he actually did really well in the FlyQuest game. Like he solo killed Impact and he did. A lot in that game, but in the crucial moments, he was not there. So I have actually three fights uh, within the game that I was thinking about. Where, uh, So actually, the first one, 17 minutes, he's top. Uh, everyone's TPing mid, and he's just kind of wandering around in the river. And then he TPs nine seconds later. And then by that time, the fight was lost. He did some damage after that, but if he would have been there at the beginning of the fight, it would have gone a lot better. And then the second fight was a few minutes after that at Dragon. He's pushing out Bot when his team is contesting Dragon. Again, he was doing well uh, at that point already, so missing in a key team fight again, and then uh, his whole team got wiped. And then the last one, it was around 20 minutes, or it was the, the final fight of the game where it's not necessarily his fault because Closer got caught, but again, he was missing throughout the whole fight. He had TP up again, and he just came after everyone was dead. So if he would have been able to coordinate better with the team, I think 100T could have won that game. And uh, so just evidently, his coordination is lacking, and therefore 100T can't win unless he gets on board. Did you watch Double If's VOD review? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Oh, I guess he talked a little bit about this on there. Um, I don't believe it. This sounds like a double if review take. 
you know, I tried looking up as much content as I could in prep for this call, and actually I didn't watch it, so what was said? I don't believe it. Um, he said a lot of similar things just about like uh, the late TPs or like the awkward pathing angles, like the the jacks running up the, the mid play. Um, even though he could have just initially ran at them from behind anyway, since he was already in flank position. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he played exceptionally well, uh, but I also think his fucking bottling got booty clapped that game, right? Am I thinking of the right game? Uh, yeah, that was the FlyQuest game, right? So I'm not sure. Uh, all I could focus on was Snasty was not there in that game. I need, I need to go look up the, the, the drafts, make sure I'm thinking of the right game. Twitch chess says yes. Yeah, it was the FlyQuest game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, their, their bot lane got 2v2 killed in that matchup. Shouldn't really be happening. It can't happen if things go bad. They went bad. Um, so, I don't know. It's kind of, like, cursed. And then, also, Closer was just perma-invaded and marked, like, the entire early game, it felt like, except uh, for the kills on Tenacity, which came after they already kind of uh, got the solo kill because Impact messed up. So, like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, he made the biggest mistakes in team fights, but uh, he was also one of the biggest sources of pressure uh, for the team when everything else was kind of going not great. So, have you seen this type know. of? Have you seen these issues in other games as well, Taco? See, I tried going back and looking at some of the games, and I wasn't really able to pick apart that much. But this game specifically, like these three big moments. Uh, stuck out to me a lot like they had baron that last fight had he been there for the 5v5 i'm pretty sure they would have been able to do i don't know if they win necessarily but the the team fight was completely lost at that point when closure got caught so like closure gets caught yeah but you're there the fiora i can't even remember his uh his score line but he had a ton of damage that game so had he been there been an additional carry uh, it would have gone a lot different. They had uh, Baron pushing as well. So I just think, I mean, okay, I don't want to say tenacity is the problem, but he wait, was. You said tenacity a is the problem. problem that tenacity is the problem. That was your problem. take. It's okay. That's okay. Wait, yeah, okay. yeah. Tenacity is the problem. He needs to do better. That's it. Um, so I think there's, he's been, he's been inconsistent to answer that Travis question about like, is this the only game you have problem or others? Like, there's some, uh, Lanes that I don't think he played exceptionally well. I think there's been a couple of these team fight situations uh, where things haven't been great. Like again, the Jax one early on, just going in and dying when he was kind of their pressure point around that Rift Herald and stuff. I think that was the TL game he did that. Um, so yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't always great. Wait, no, the the Jax game was the TL game. That was the one where you had the the bad TP, and then the Fiora game was the other thing. Yeah, I remember now. Okay. Anyways, point is. Yeah, he's, he's a rookie. He makes some rookie mistakes. That's okay. You know, I watch Harry and Yawn. They make rookie mistakes, too. Yawn dies rotating to a Rift Herald. Harry doesn't flash a Bjergsen flip. You know, like all the young guys in the league are, are making mistakes like this. Uh, I don't think that means that they're doomed. They can't win. I think it's fair to say that Tenacity needs to step up a little bit. I think that's fair for Busio as well. Um, is it fair for Busio? Because I, like, I was going to ask you, Mark, do you think that Tenacity is the, the, weak, the, or the weak worst link? performing player on the the team so far i feel like you could probably make that case but i don't think the delta between him and like fourth is so significant that he deserves to get singled out in any notable way and uh, fourth is busio such as a call like 
No, I don't think Boosie. I don't. That, my point is like I don't think that, that anyone really deserves it on this team. I don't think that they are like, oh, there's just this one idiot running it, and if they just got a different top laner, then they're you know five and one or six and zero. Oh. I don't. I don't feel that way at all. Um, I think you you can make the case that the rookies have been the biggest problems overall in their games, but like again, I think that's fair and uh, like to be expected. I don't think that that's like. Oh no! What are we gonna do? The two young guys who never played in the LCS before are the two who are like struggling a little bit, and they're not even struggling massively. They're four and two. They're playing a lot of situations quite well as well. Um, so, I, I I don't like. I can agree with this take in the most like unfair interpretation of it, <laughs> but I don't agree that he's like a problem that's holding this team back substantially. There you go. It's not. I think he he. Like in- a, it's not like a doomer take saying hundred teeth can't win it like i i literally say they can just tenacity and i understand he's a rookie so he just needs to grow into the role and then if he can then i think 100t can win it but if he can't then 100t can't win i mean this is a threat you're making yeah yeah exactly uh all right thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break uh, yeah, I'd like to shout out the Talia main subreddit. We actually exist, so that's it. <laughs> or actually, uh, Rift, uh, not Rift Reaction, the uh, Genshin Impact one. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Neither can I. It was yeah. so long ago that we Tenacity did that show. Tenacity has the most solo kills of any of the top laners in the LCS right now with eight. Second closest is five with Summit. However, Summit has 12 ISO deaths. Tenacity has four. Therefore... Tenacity is actually the best top laner in the LCS. Taco, thanks Lane so much for the call. He can't win the game. We'll catch you yeah, next. Thanks. We'll catch you next time. His team's too fucking heavy, dude. How about they stop dying and needing him to carry their ass, huh? It's an unfair burden that we're thrusting upon this young lad that his boomer ass mid and bot lane need him to come in and 1v9 team fights because he actually won his lane. It's unfair. Tonight's episode of Hotline League is brought to you by Alienware. Alienware, our longtime partner. We really appreciate Alienware and so much of what they have done for Travis Gafford Industries. Uh, sponsored Hotline League all the way since the end of 2018. And they've been a, a delightful partner for us. Uh, really appreciate everything that they've done uh, while working with us. They make great products. Please check them out over at alienware.com Travis. Uh, if you purchase through that link... And sometimes ad, blake, ad blocker and stuff like that breaks it. But if you do and you're living in North America or the U.S., uh, a portion of your purchase will make it back to TGI. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. It's really great to have them. And uh, thank you to all of you guys who still continue to shout them out and stuff on the show. Uh, we've done things in the past where we've shown them, like montages, et cetera, of all the callers that are shouting them out. And it's been really really cool and that stuff is even valuable whenever we're talking to other partners as well so i uh, just thank you guys for your support of alienware and thank you to alienware for their support of all of our content so thank you so much to uh, our sponsor mark is off to grab the next caller thank you to my ps how you doing my ps where are you at these days google i, I basically i do the show just to track your career uh funky man bill gun boopy bay and Beam Boom. Thank you. <laughs> what an interesting selection of subnames to read out all at once. Uh, Saint is here. Saint, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington. And you've been on the show before because I have you turned up to 200%. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. 
what do you want what do you want to talk about on the show uh, i want to talk about how dignitas's lcs team is so bad they should just just give up they should sub in all of their challengers roster who's very good they're 16 and 2 right now so their challengers roster 16 and 2 yeah do you happen to know the list like who what is that roster i actually don't know it's hoon xu insanity tomo and diamond gotcha well i'd love to see yeah. diamond in back in the lcs um it's pretty good okay so they're 16 and 2 uh does that mean they're at the top of the league or is anybody up there with them yeah they're uh number one by like two games gotcha they're number one. There's a couple teams that are close, like 11 and 3, 11 and 5. It looks like looking at this. Uh, Wildcard wild gaming. Yeah, yeah. Wildcard would be my, my go to pick if you could, like, just somehow. We were talking about this. Uh, we have our meetings on Monday, and there were a couple of the Academy guys in, in the building, and uh, Jat and myself and other people were just, like, all hanging out in the green room. And we were like, no joke, if we could just, like, remove dignitas and put in wildcard gaming we would do it just because their drafts are so fun they're drafting like pantheon nunu zach like these like weird meatball comps moose haters fucking running garen down the top lane they're also insanely toxic people um <laughs> a lot of these guys probably like they're, they're very skilled and they would probably have a team but a lot of them have a like a bad rap um not all of them like saligo is someone who seems pretty chill um they're coached by griffin x wiggly you know so it's not like they're they're terrible people or anything, but I just mean like um, they're people who haven't gotten a shot by LCS orgs because of this kind of like reception of them. Yeah. Um, but skill wise, they are beating a bunch of these teams that have way more resources than them. And Duo King is like fucking tweeting out pictures of him playing 60 hours of Steam this week and like saying like just beat EG, you know, <laughs> while like not even fucking scrimming or like whatever they're doing. Um, they're just like. They're showmen. They're not trying. They're beating people and they're showmen. It's awesome. And like they have cool drafts. And like I was talking with Jad, I was like, if I was going to redo promo relegation somehow, I would actually do it based off not um, any fair competitive thing. I would just run a poll. Just yeah, a poll. popularity just contest. <laughs> yeah, it's a popularity contest to soft out the bottom two teams in the league, anyways. They're probably not going to make noise in playoffs. Who cares about the competition angle? Give me fucking Moose Hater in the LCS. With Duo King and, that would and actually, Sol I this is probably very stupid, but I love the idea that it's just like at the end of the split, it's like all right, you know, it's in the arena, and you know, Mark walks out and he's like, "Shall Dignitas live or die?" And it just thumbs up <laughs> with the community and like Twitch chat poll and stuff like that, and it's just like. You know, the the dig leadership people are just sweating bullets as it's like they you know, if you if you are losing, you better make the community give a shit about you through other means. Because if you're losing and you're doing nothing, then you're like you're dead. Ding Toss at least has done some content like their post match threads and stuff, but like yeah, just imagine not even like end of season. It's like proving grounds in the challenger scene is about like showcasing why fans should want you in the LCS. And then, like, week week five, if any team is, like, below a certain threshold, or anytime they drop below a certain threshold from week four or five onwards, they can be just churned out by, like, a popularity poll. That would be crazy. And they get their spot back at next... They get their spot back at the end of uh, the start of the next season, but they lose it for, like, this challenger team. That's so crazy. Um, 
It's so stupid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it would be it would do so well. It's like, oh my god, if they lose one more game, they're up for the culling. Or you like, you know, yeah, call yeah. it some of those like weird dystopian terms. Yeah. From fucking all those sci-fi books. <laughs> the Hunger Games. Uh so dumb. Okay. Um <laughs> the so... tribe has spoken. <laughs> so uh, what are we? What is this calling about? Digitas, right? Uh, in, yeah, the, yeah, in their academy team. Okay. Uh, so I have an interview with Jensen that should be going out tomorrow. I can show it, I guess, after the stream or after the show, maybe on stream. But I, I had this theory that was like, okay, clearly they have good players, and yet they still cannot win games. What is left to blame? You know, if it's if you're like, okay, well, on paper, these team this team should at least be taking some games, and my theory right. was the org, and it was basically like, this is evidence to me that the org cannot build the infrastructure it needs, or put these players in the right position, or give them what they need, or give them the analysts and the data, or I don't know any number of different things, um, because it's like you have these players, they should be able to do well. And then I interviewed Jensen. Oh, Vile Black Magic says, holy crap, that's an awful take. I don't even think that's that bad of a fucking take. Um, take? What? Just the just the idea that like if it's a good team that but they should... still are losing, it's and like what's the common denominator between Dignitas always suffering? Uh, oh, Dignitas. Oh, okay. It's always Dignitas. Uh, but then I interviewed Jensen and Jensen kind of defended the organization and said, yeah, it's the players that are losing and it's the players that deserve to have that. So there was no, not to say that I thought he was going to come out swinging and be like, yeah, it's not me. It's this dog shit org. But like, he was just very clear in his like trying to correct that perception. So I, I don't know. Greeling here says, Travis has had a vendetta against dig management for fucking years. Not surprised he's trying to pin it on them. So far on this show, I've been told that uh, I'm biased against CLG, 100T, and now Dignitas. Who am I not biased against these days, I guess? Well, that's the thing, Travis. You're biased against everyone. That's why you're such a negative person. Am I? Um, yes. So, I mean, like, I like a lot of the Dig players. I think that a lot of them would be successful in other environments or other combination of players. I've heard some rumors about things behind closed doors um there's like this hope that ignar is going to come back and save them i don't think it's going to happen so like in the blame game i've already basically said i'm not talking about them anymore <laughs> like they they went from zero four to zero six it's like okay saw that one coming um I, I hope that they turned it around i just have no faith based off how like lifeless it looks right now so um yeah i mean like to the caller's point, I would prefer to watch a lot of things over dig games right now. Um, and it's again, not cause I don't like them, but there's just like nothing to say. They yeah. don't like, they don't really do anything. You know, they don't really like, and it almost feel like, I, do you think, Oh, well, let me ask you, Mark, do you think it feels worse that they are players that should be, you know, it's like Jensen and Santorin, you know, and like Sant both of whom I thought were pretty good in summer of last year. And so it makes it almost more disappointing to me. You know, whenever, like, you know, one of these bottom teams runs out five players you've never heard of and nobody cares about, it's like, yeah, okay. But, like, I'm just like, oh, God, this just feels bad. 
I don't know if I if it's better or worse. On the one hand, it's like, well, at least I'm watching players I like, but they're losing and it feels bad, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, you, to your point, sometimes you just put out no names kind of, and it's like, well, I mean, even if these guys could be good, this is not an environment for them, and they're just, like, gonna their careers are going to end because they're, they don't, they're not getting a fair shake in this, like, team or something. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Both feel terrible. I don't think there's a way to not feel terrible about a 10th place team that has zero wins so far right now. So Raz has shown up in the chat and he's trying to curry favor with me because I messaged him today and asked him to be a guest on the show and he did not reply. And so he's now defending me by saying that I've defended Dig a lot in the past and pointed out that a while ago I was like maybe two years ago, I was arguing that Dig should get coaching staff of the split, uh, and even implied that that was too generous. So there you go. Take that, haters. Boom. Mraz says, I was in meetings with Mark. Yeah, but Mark was replying to my messages. All right. Saint, I I guess we didn't address your should they sub in the academy team thing. Uh, sure, why not? If you really don't think... Actually, here's what I'll say. Given this one last weekend... Who do they play this? Or I shouldn't say weekend. This week, they play this week. Yes. Uh, Pretty good teams. C9, Golden Guardians, and TSM. If you can't pick up two of those three wins, then the calling occurs, and the academy team uh, gets voted in. That's my take. I, I love it. What I would love Mark? to watch Jensen. I would. I love it. Jensen and Santorin to go pub stomp some kitties and a challenger smack some people around, get get their, their confidence back, get their mojo back for, for a summer split rally to worlds. Boom. All right, Saint, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next call? Uh, shout out to Alienware and the guy that said they should get Moose Hater and put Jensen on ADC. That was good. Very good. Thank you so much for the call. I'll catch you next time. All right, off to the next caller. Thank you to Escapegoat Gaiden TV for 50 months, 5-0. Holy shit. And then Austin B., thank you, everybody, for the support. Really appreciate it. Uh, somebody in the chat was earlier complaining that I don't release interviews on the weekends. Uh, I don't release interviews on the weekends because um, I have been doing my interviews on Friday, the subreddit has like a 24-7 or 24-hour spoiler thing. And also just putting content on the weekends feels bad. Like it's not going to perform well. So, but I did, I mean, I do release some videos. I just don't dump them all, all at once. Okay, Jur is here. What? Before you go any further, I will say I was doing some digging and analytics of some kinds. And I saw that noon Sunday actually has a pretty good activity according to YouTube analytics. Okay. For our core demographics. Well, I released the Busio and or not Busio, uh, the Prince Doublelift interview around that time on Sunday, and I feel like it underperformed. So that was that was late. That was not that was not noon. I'm gonna you. go look at this. I definitely think it was noon. I think it was like eleven, maybe. Uh, uh, while Travis looks Jer, this up, what is your? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Montreal. Montreal. Love Montreal. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so this is about the La Tigris taking a mental health break. Oh, okay. Uh, We're yeah. back to the spicy <laughs> topics. 
honestly, it's just like the well, vitriol and the hate up. towards the Tigers, I think, was just um, gross. Uh, you can not like your casting, but the stuff I saw on Reddit and Twitter was just like some really vile stuff. And I try and get my friends to play league like every once in a while, but then I look at the situation and it just makes me kind of frustrated. Um, I looked into the cursory stats and league is like 80-20 for guys to girls, whereas Valorant is double the amount of girls. I personally think this low number is like a huge factor as to why this kind of behavior happens. Um, and I think Riot can do a much better job at appealing towards a female audience. I can keep going, but I'm not sure if you guys have any thoughts. So far. No, 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 go for it. So I'm not too familiar with Valorant, uh, so everything I hear is from my girlfriend. But when she talks about stuff like uh, a candid romantic relationship between the female agents being posted on the official Valorant Instagram or professional uh, female teams or Twitch streamers or role models that she looks up to, I think, wow, League is like really lacking in that department. And to be honest, I'm not sure what a comprehensive solution uh, entails, but speaking out about it, I think, is like a really good first step. And I think the broadcast could also take a firmer stance behind the Tigress. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys did. Sorry if I didn't, if I missed that. Um, but I also know that League of Legends has kind of a reputation, at least within my friend group, of being like a sweaty, nerdy uh, game for boys only. And I don't think Riot is doing a good job at dispelling that myth. Um, and I also want to hear what your guys' thoughts is, if you guys have any experience with trying to get non-league players to play League or um, what they generally think about League as a video game or eSport. Um, so, one, I want to note that we discussed a lot of the Latigris stuff last week, which does not mean that I don't want to Can discuss it now. Can anyone hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I, I don't know what's going on with my Discord. I keep joining rooms and people can't, I can't hear things. People can't hear me. So this is a, a very poor topic to have connectivity issues. Everyone can I, hear you right now. I know, but I'm just saying, like, this is frustrating that, like, I'm like, I can't even hear what half the shit being said. Sure. Uh, but so I'm I, sorry if I cut you off. No, no, you're good. So I all I was saying is we talked about the Latiger stuff last week, and so I don't think we're going to do a full rehash on everything that went down and, like, Riot's poor communication around it, even though it's relevant to this topic. Um, so people should go back and like, listen to that. If you missed last week's episode, look at the timestamp. Um, in terms of the gender ratio, I agree that it is pretty disappointing. Uh, it, I will say that I've heard anecdotally that it is getting better with, the newer, younger players that are coming into the space that you see, you know, for players that have played more recently, they're maybe still, they're, maybe they're starting to play league while they're in college or something, that the ratio is a lot different than it used to be way back in the day when league first launched. I think there's probably a lot of different reasons for that. Again, anecdotally, it feels like playing video games is more broadly accepted for women in a way that before it was considered like a men's thing only um, by newer generation folks. I think also Riot has had to deal with a lot of reflection in the last half a decade. Um, and they've gotten better, I think, about broadening the world. Even things like Arcane, I think, has probably done a pretty good job of, of helping that. But no doubt there's still work to be done. And, I mean, it is... Both Emily and Latigris, whenever 
there on screen. Like it is pretty shitty the type of stuff that you see in the Twitch chat uh, during those times. And I mean, we've talked about the stuff on the show, but I, I, I gotta imagine that it does not feel good um, whenever you are like a woman trying to get into following league esports, and you look at Twitch chat, and it's just like anytime a girl's on screen, people turn into idiots. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's fascinating, uh, or rather, it, I think one fascinating thing that kind of goes along with this that Mark is going to meme on me for is. I was talking about this a little bit before the show started. Um, the place where it feels even worse, the place where I have seen the the least diverse crew ever uh, in my life is Magic the Gathering. And it huh. is actually crazy how, like, I've gone to a couple events now, and it's just, it's so skewed. Um, and I think one thing that I've tried to do is just be very welcoming and opening and trying to get a lot of friends uh, to who I think normally would not be drawn towards the game or uh, feel welcome or whatever to come play Magic and draft with us. And we've done a pretty good job, I think, of expanding that crew and making it a more diverse group of people who are playing Magic, which has been a goal for, for me with sort of building a local community around all that. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lesson for me there in that if you are if you want to help contribute to this i do think that besides the obvious things like being a civilized human being and calling out bad behavior there's also an opportunity to try to be welcoming and opening to people who historically have not probably been welcomed into the space uh, to try to improve the situation so I don't know. This is one thought that I've had that has been a bit of a personal anecdote for me in the past couple months. So I don't know, Mark. What do you think? Um, so I missed some of the beginning of the take. Uh, this was highly upvoted in Discord, uh, and I think it's it's worth talking about, even though we we did talk about it a little bit last week. Um, just as a different angle, that like ways to increase. Uh, other demographics other than I think the one that league has been targeted towards for a long period of time is, is we're talking about. And part of that is like <laughs> having representation of women and other, uh, you know, like I said, demographics we're trying to hit. And unfortunately, if the people who are that representation are getting slammed and like, again, we all agreed that the, the top, the, the segment was not good, but the degree of it, uh, was way too, uh, overblown and uh, yeah it's gonna hurt in the long term as people who might have worked like phase out or don't want to do it or whatever if it, if it burns them out or something like that so uh, definitely have concerns about that impact as well as just like yeah let's try and figure out ways to, to grow them like you said and you um, know what? I want to take a one one even step further and and as as much as I think it's important to address the way uh, women and others are treated in the space also, just some people are such fucking assholes. Like, that's actually something that drives me crazy is, like, there was... I went to the Reddit thread early on and uh, of, of Gabby saying she was going to take the weekend off or the week off as a, a bit of a break. And, like, one of the first comments was, like, good. I wish that she could just stop. She could just stop all the time. Like, people are so just mean and angry. Like, yeah, okay, maybe you don't like her, but why is this... Why are you like, you know what? 
I'm going to open up this fucking Reddit thread. And this is the way that I feel like I need to post. And like, you just see this all over the place. Just don't be an asshole. It is like not that hard people. Like you can say, Oh, I don't think that this person's casting is for me. Or I don't like the way that this person, you know, I don't like how Mark dresses. That's a thing that many people feel. Um, but you know, you can say it in a way that is a little bit more appreciative, uh, or polite than going in there and being like, I never want to see Mark's terrible fucking apparel ever on camera ever again. And so I think that it's like, just don't be an asshole. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so easy to not do that. And people are just like, nah. You know what I've got to do today? I got to go leave a, the shittiest fucking comment on YouTube or on Twitter or on Reddit or any of these places. And it's just so annoying. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's the, the, the part that like the h haters. That to use that term, like uh, just totally gloss over is like, oh, well, there's things there's like legitimate criticism oftentimes of many things. I'm not just talking about Gabby, but like parts of the broadcast or like whatever it is uh, to move it just even beyond um, like gender type things. But like people are so eager to just rip the broadcast apart or rip a specific person apart. Um, that's like you're not even like there's just absolutely zero nuance and like whatever point that you think you're making just gets lost in like the vitriol. And it's like, uh, what do you what's what's the takeaway here? Um, you know, even in even in the Switch chat, there's there's some comments about like. What, you're just saying that, like, you know, people, when they make mistakes, should have no repercussions? Yeah, they can just go around and just fuck up, and it's not a big deal? And it's like, no one said that. Like, what? Are, what? no one's saying that, like, the segment was good or that, like, the community shouldn't speak out about things they don't like that the LCS is doing. You know, like, I think there's a difference between that and being, like, hard-flaming someone. Like, I, I, I don't... No, I... I, I and, and maybe that's the thing is that... spectrum of responses... Maybe that's the thing is that maybe I just there is a group of people who cannot understand that like things are not binary, you know, in, in terms of, well, if I don't like something, I should be able to just be as horrible about it as possible. And they think that that's the because same I'm thing right. as like expressing like your disappointment in something. You know, there's a difference between. Yeah, you know, I went to that restaurant and I don't know, it just wasn't for me. I felt like the vibe was off versus that person being like, I never want to go there again. The fucking chef sucked. I can't believe you took me there. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it's like people, you know, it's just such a, I, and again, I don't know if it's because people are, I just have like a higher expectations for humanity that people can understand the nuances between well, I don't like that the segment ran the way that it did and I feel like she made a mistake versus I should be allowed to go into a Reddit thread and talk about everything I dislike about this person. Um, I don't know. It's just so... It's just so exhausting sometimes. It is one of my least favorite things about this job is just having to spend so much time seeing this stuff. Um, and it just gets tiresome. And and then and then I think the other thing that happens, and we're is not even the targets of it. Ha -ha. You, you get these comments in the in all these chats that always say like, "Well, it's very naive to think that that has that can't happen, like that it can't just be different, or like, wow, you know, you just need to have reasonable expectations. That's always going to happen." I'm like, no, that's not like the world can be better than it is. We try to improve humanity and civilization. 
It doesn't have to just be like, well, that's just how humans are. That's just hate on the internet. That's the way it goes. It's like, yeah, but you can also say not to do it and you can try to say it's shitty and you should try to convince people to be nicer. Like, I don't know. It's just so annoying. Ugh. Anyway, Jer, sorry. Uh, obviously, you set me off a little bit um, with my frustrations on these topics. We triggered Travis. Let's go. Um, but I don't know, Jer, if you had anything that you wanted to add. Um, no, I think having these kind of conversations, I think, is overall just uh, good for the scene, I guess. And then just being able to call out bad behavior whenever we see it, I think, helps uh, people know that, you know, that's not acceptable and it's not normal to behave in that way. Yep. Yep. No, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Anything that you want to shout out? Yeah, I want to shout out uh, Dash's podcast, Last Hit with Artemis. I'm not sure why Dash is off the LCS broadcast, but the podcast is pretty good. Listen. Oh, and shout out to Alienware. He doesn't have enough time to do the broadcast. He's jumping out of planes. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Jer, for the call. We'll catch you next time. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Hopefully this time I don't get as angry. D Fitch, thank you for the sub. And Jargly Parf, thank you for the prime. What else we've got going on in chat, people? Somebody says, Travis is delusional, and it's hilarious he thinks that people being anonymous won't be shitty. Um, you could have... Like, I, I understand that anonymity allows for that type of thing. I also think it's fair to say, don't do it, you know, or be better. I think it's also... There's a lot of people who weren't anonymous who are being shitty. Yeah. Uh, Dean, Dean, where are you calling from? Hello, I'm calling from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. South Dakota. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I've got a significantly less serious topic than uh, the Latigris one. Um, is that Prince and Doublelift has the potential to be a split-defining rivalry uh, based on how the matches between 100 Thieves and FlyQuest end up going for the rest of the split and maybe even season. Ooh, Go ahead and elaborate. Yeah, so um, you can look at it both in terms of like in-game stats, how like Prince is currently one of like the front runners for MVP with like gold difference at 15 kills on the team, and Doublelift right now looks like the star player on 100T. But then you add in everything else like behind the scenes. Prince inspired to play League of Legends because of Doublelift and Doublelift's reaction to doing the interview and doing the double jersey signing with him. Uh, there's just a lot of really cool storylines between those two players, and it has the potential to be just something that can help draw in a much wider audience to kind of, like, see the humanity behind these two players. And it's not a rivalry that we've seen really since, like, Sneaky versus Doublelift or, like, Jensen versus Bjerg. So whenever I was walking away from the studio on Friday, I was talking to Drew, my video guy, and we were talking about the interview and I just said, man, wouldn't it be cool if those guys played against each other in the finals? Like, I would I love... To ask... What, Mark? I was, say, I was about to ask you the same thing to, like, agree with this topic. You know, so this is the argument I had phrased in my head is, like, name a better finals, you know? Yeah. Than these two would have. Yeah, I think so. And then I think the two teams also have a lot in common in terms of the way that those rosters were built. And um, I think... You know, Doublelift and Prince being a guy towards the towards the end of his career, uh, <laughs> at, post the end of his career in some ways, 
And then Prince coming over here and obviously feeling so emotional just around the fact that you get to play him, I think is really awesome. Uh, my concern with this take is there's a chance these guys only play four games against each other this entire year. Um, I don't, I mean, it's less likely, but like, ugh, you know, I, I think this is a, an argument for the LEC format where we would get to like, we'd, I think, I think based off my limited understanding of it, we would have much higher chances of these guys playing each other because you start having games where other teams are not around and they, obviously they're both towards the top of the league. So, so I can jump in on that real quick. That yeah. actually depends on like if they get drawn into the same group uh, for like that second stage and eventually like third stage because it was like a group draw for the second like part of their split and then they would play a best of three against whoever they got matched up with. So there's a chance they could get even less than two games against each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, on this this topic, I agree that it sounds like what we have right now the best rivalry going in league or like matchup uh, in terms of like emotional stakes um i think there's other good candidates you know like i think if eg and hundred thieves met in the finals you know it'd kind of be like the players that left hundred thieves battling like their replacements kind of thing like there's a lot of like little narratives that you can build up around stuff like that um i do think they they are somewhat differently constructed in the sense that like it's two of the goats of na going up against uh two of the like the, the flashiest new imports we've ever had, you know, like there's a lot of ways you can sell this as well beyond the initial like double lift uh, Prince thing, but I can't think. So that's like obviously for finals. Is there a better like a uh, player storyline right now going on? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, I feel like a lot of the other stories have kind of dried up or or have not been have not revealed themselves. I mean, CLG could have been a really cool story if they didn't suck. Um, oh, we got a CLG take. Don't don't blow your load yet. <laughs> I yeah. So I think that could have been interesting. Dignitas could have been interesting. I think a lot of the teams that could be interesting are just not. They're not doing much. We haven't really heard too much about Diplex. Yet as a as a player in person, I know people like to pretend he's like sneaky two point or something. But um, and then the JoJo storyline, I feel like is just a little quiet right now. So I definitely feel like the Prince FlyQuest in general, I think, is probably the most interesting team right now with right next to Hundred Thieves. And so these guys playing each other, I think, is very fun. And then the fact that the ADs obviously have a notable connection is is probably it. Yeah, I think. Uh... In some ways, normally it's like I feel like Doublelift elevating other people's storylines, but here it's actually Prince doing it by being, like the caller said, the front runner of the MVP. Seems like the best player in the league by a substantial margin, and he is the one who brings like this huge connection to another player in the LCS, which happens to be Doublelift. So like, I mean, this is like that's my heart breaks because I'm sure Prince will leave LCS in the next year or two because uh, all reports <laughs> do, but. I think like this could be this could be the like handoff that the LCS never got from Peter's retirement, right? Like we've talked, I think, in the past before about how like Bjergsen and Peter were the biggest faces in the league, and then there was not really anything done so that whenever Bjergsen went to coach and Peter went to go stream, that like we never really had that. I think 
you know, a long time for a long time, people have have half joked about Double F being the main character of the LCS. This is kind of that moment where you could have that legacy handoff, where if Prince actually was able to stick around, and you had like a fun battle between the two of them, and then Peter does go away in a year or two, um, and then Prince is able to like, you know, his personality, his charisma, his strength, his all that stuff is able to really become the next the next main character. I think that that would have been that could be really cool, um, though I think the chances of it are slim. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you can be a downer, Travis, uh, Papa Smithy will surely keep this team together. I think double surely. might retire as well. You know, like, um, I don't know. I think, uh, it is a little scary putting this many eggs in a incredibly talented young, uh, import, uh, like Prince. And, you know, what if he leaves us again? We have a lot of trauma. Oh, that sounds damage. a little bit like a doomer take Mark. I'm saying I empathize with your Doomer tank take and your emotional damage of players always abandoning you after yep. you've interviewed them a bunch of times and running back across the oceans and other directions out of the LCS. I miss you, Takui. Uh, yep, Takui, Alfari, Perks, all those guys. Um, but Summit came back, all right? <laughs> the product For now... Son. Do you think, MVP. Do you think Mark, do you think Summit is in the LCS in spring of... 2024 absolutely <laughs> he'll be gone but he'll be gone in summer of 2023 yes, but that's what I was, that was the joke i was gonna make the only way he's he's here in spring 2024 <laughs> is if he's not here in some uh summer 2023 yes um no i mean i get what you're saying but i i am relatively confident in other ways like harry and yawn feel cool like i appreciate them Gusio tenacity JoJo's still doing it, even though, like, I know the story's not as high. I mean, in a lot of ways, like, the cool storylines follow whoever's the best team. Um, and it was really easy to do, like, the the young rookie NAs of JoJo and Danny when they were dominating. And, like, should FlyQuest fall off, hopefully there's there's um, some new people we can tell stories about. Yeah. Pretty easily. Hey, thanks so much for the call, Dean. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Yeah, a uh, shout out to myself from the September 7th, 2022 edition of Hotline League when I correctly predicted that Spica would end up on FlyQuest and both you and Revenge roasted me for it. Uh, I just want to say that I got that right and I demand a public apology. Did we know, did you say they're going to, he's going to end up on FlyQuest because FlyQuest will sell to a new owner who will have a dramatically different budget? Uh, I... That doesn't matter. I was that, right. Oh, that okay. Was, that was, Travis, Travis, that was implied. It's your fault for not picking up on the uh, obvious details. Goodbye. Yeah, clearly you just... It, it was so obvious in hindsight. Hey, Dean. He was, he was destined there. Hey, Dean. Fuck you. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have to go grab the next caller, Marcos. Uh, thank you, too. Jargly Parf, Mad Fishy, Smoke Dog, So Many Things, and Taco Taco Burrito. Thank you, everybody. Uh, business Cycle is here. Business, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Vietnam. Vietnam. Oh, okay. Have you have you called in before? Uh, no, this is my first time. Oh, well, welcome to the show. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Yeah, my take was that... Uh... CLG going 0-4 after their first week shows that uh, it was a mistake to keep the same roster in their idea of like building the synergy 
with the same players is pretty fake. And they're going to go 0-3 this super week. They're going to go 0-3 this week. That there's too much turnover in the LCS is fucking wrong. That's the other part of this take. Uh, I don't think that's part of his take. Uh, Business cycle, do you want to expand on this, though, or should we hop in on it? Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll just say something uh, like that. Like, I still don't really understand why they decided to, like, keep this roster when, like, last year their best achievement was, like, winning one playoff games against Golden Guardians. And uh, Contract shown that uh, in spring he was uh, really bad and, like, they didn't even make playoffs there. So, yeah, I still don't really see the reason that they keep the same roster. All right. So, I... And I tried to have this conversation two weeks ago, so let me see if I can do it better now. I, even now, still believe that CLG made the right decision because the team was on the uptick. It looked like it had potential to grow and become better. And I think that you, it is very easy when you make when you make changes to a team, you really have no idea what's going to happen. You can hedge against the idea or against it potentially going sideways by trying to get quote unquote better players or players who have more experience, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, looking at Dignitas, looking at vitality from last year, like you do not always know what you are going to get. And what CLG had was a roster that was seemingly showing a lot of, I know everybody likes to mean the word potential, but potential for not a lot of money. And quite frankly, there was not, I think, one singular clear weak link on that team. So if you're going to make changes, you have to like really start to mess with some stuff in order to see what you can do. Um, and so I think that even if you look at it and you say, well, you know, 50-50 that this actually works out, those odds are still maybe better than going and spending a ton of money and making changes that you don't really know how they're going to go. And so I rem like, I think that I, I simultaneously think that it is fair to have been skeptical that the CLG roster could put up better results than they did last year at a time where people feel like the league has improved. And also think that if you're playing the odds, that it is still a better idea to run it back and see if it can do better, especially because as a wise man once said, spring split doesn't matter. And you can always see what summer, what hap what you can do in summer. So I still think this is the right decision, even if I stand by my skepticism early on. Does that make sense? I, is it clear now? No, it, makes you, it makes you a hypocrite, Travis. <sighs> These are not Dan incompatible also philosophies. Danon has also outed himself in Twitch chat as not watching the LCS broadcast when he said, has anyone ever same rostered themselves from outside the top three to inside the top three? Um, no, because if you watch the LCS, you would know that we did a segment talking about the four other teams in LCS history that have kept the same roster year over year, and all of them played in the finals, won a finals, or made worlds in summer split. So um, thanks for not watching, I guess. How often do rosters ever stay the same? Like I said, it's happened four times in uh, 
the, those years, uh, so, the entire history of the LCS. So that's my point is like, this is a pretty fucking small sample size. It's a small sample size, and the teams that did it were already successful. Um, I think this is a good experiment to run, I guess. I wouldn't run it, but I'm glad someone did because uh, it's uh, not What working. would you have done, Mark? What, what changes would you have made? Like, that was part of the challenge, too, not, with that roster. I mean, to be fair, of course, like, you have to look at the, the options on paper. Maybe they're all just terrible, and that's that's the reason you don't do anything. Um, but... I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the options were. Like, could I have outbid someone for anything? I, I have no idea. Um, I just think the challenge marks. is that there was not a clear weak link for that team. I, I agree there's not a clear weak link. I think that there are probably still some things I, I would have looked into. So uh, uh, the other context I just want to add here is that CLG did not go into the offseason saying to themselves, we're sticking with these guys. It was not like the famous Jack quote about how they were not going to make any changes and then Oceania became available for North America and then the whole roster blew up. It was They, they were actively looking for other options during the offseason or to make changes if they felt like there was one. And they just felt like there weren't any that fit what they were looking for in comparison to keeping these five guys. So I'm not saying that in any is a, is a form of argument or an assertion or anything like that. It's just important context for those that care. Yeah, I mean, like, so to defend the practice, like you were just doing a little bit, it's like it was a, a relatively cheap roster that overperformed, got fifth place. Um, maybe that was their their peak. Maybe they could get a little bit better. You run it back and see if that's the case. Nope, not the case. Um I, I feel like, I, I admit there are times where this isn't true, but I feel like in League of Legends, a team can usually reach its potential basically in a year. Uh, close to it. You know, like, not all, not all the time. There's exceptions. But generally speaking, if you run a roster for a year and it's not working, you, you kind of know it's not going to work. How do we know that? Um, Nobody ever does it. People do it all the time. I was talking about the the... You said there were only four teams that have ever run it back. Yeah, but I'm saying by the the reason they don't is because by the end of the year, you kind of know how things are going. Like, for example, we kind of tried to run back 2016 TL uh, between 2015 and 2016. Um, and that just blew up. Just fucking, you know, like all the problems that you manifested over the course of that year carry over into the next year. And there's like grievances and there's all these like social elements and all these things that can go bad. Um and so, like, I don't know. It seems I, – I think that usually after a year, if you've been coached well and you've worked well together and you you've you should roughly have reached your potential as a team in a year. Um, not like the players have reached their potential, but, like, and maybe someone levels up. And, of course, there are exceptions. But I don't know. There's, there's other leagues as well that sometimes don't do the turnover. This was just LCS, the stats. Um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like the – a lot of the times in traditional sports – I know you love these, your favorite thing, traditional sports, Travis. Uh, people end up in less turnover because the contracts are just longer. They're written that way, um, which helps cut down on turnover. But I wonder if they existed in a faster-paced ecosystem, if they wouldn't also optimize for higher turnover rates. Um, I wonder how much of that is a product of like optimal uh Performance versus optimal business. Well, I remember uh, hearing a couple years ago that the NBA was moving towards a world where, like, they were doing people have teams all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
NBA has moved its meta the most of, I think, a lot of sports. I don't follow baseball, admittedly, or hockey. So this could be wrong, but like football hasn't changed as much. But yeah, um, basketball was like super teams were like basically like players were just negotiating like, hey, let's all go play in Miami this year. Like, let's all go to Golden Golden State Warriors. You know, like, uh, you know, it was very much motivated by like just wanting to win with their their homies and stuff. So like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like it's like somewhat similar, I think, to LCS in that way. Yeah. Did we answer oh, your, your take something. business cycle? Wait, wait. Oh. Someone, uh, what, what, quickly, someone on Twitch said that argument makes no sense. More, how can players get better, but the team stay the same? That implies teams actually getting worse as a team. No, it's the idea that there's things beyond individual skill that has to do with how a team interacts. Like, it's it's very unlikely that the social dynamics of your team are going to change. Um, the way that you approach the games are going to change like those things it's really hard to be like okay so we have this structure that we set up that's that we've been running for a year and now we're going to change that like even if a player gets better um, they're still working within a system um, and you kind of know how that system goes so like there are times where like a smeb emerges where it's like this guy was shit and now he's a god wow but like more often than not that's that's not what happens and well, more often with not, then you just get more of the same that you just spent the last year doing. Anyway, business cycle. Sorry, is there anything that you wanted to add? Did we miss anything? Uh, yeah, I guess I just like to say that uh, Mark is like true about the part that uh, it's rare that a uh, like a player or a team gets better over time, and usually they just like implode after. A year of playing together, so like a, I guess like you can take a 2019 G2 is like a very rare example of a team that's like actually maintained their level. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, I guess the bad example can be a uh, 20, can be uh, the 2013 SKT team that uh, that won Worlds that year and then didn't even make Worlds next year because like their playing field just leveled up too much and their players like didn't catch up enough to that so yeah uh yeah, thank so, you uh, yeah. yeah no I, th I think that's fair business cycle thank you thank you for the yeah. the point is there anything that you would like to shout out before we say goodbye yeah uh i like to shout out to the vcs english people they uh they cover my region for free so if you can support them that'd be great uh you can go join their discord or uh, sub to their twitch channel and catch games that like 3 4 a.m in america yeah and uh shout out to uh i will dominate i like his co-streams a lot and uh helps me understand lpl a lot more than i did yeah awesome thank you so much yeah. for the call and we'll catch you next yeah, time thank you yeah see you uh one final thing i'll throw in quickly here um i'm too lazy to type this into his chat is also that like league is not like a lot of sports or something where like the game doesn't radically change and there's like metas and like you just get fucking blasted back to ground zero. We did a Jenga bit where we were joking about like building teams and stuff and, and LCS is like playing Jenga, you know? And it's it's kind of true where sometimes it's just like, all right, uh, 80 carries is the most important position in the world now. Boom. They're like, all right, tanks are the meta top now. Boom. And they're like, all right, well, everything we've been practicing with like Fiora and Quinn and this shit is just stupid now. Uh, we're playing Orn, Scion every game. And like, you just like, these things reset you quite frequently in terms of like skill um, that you just don't have to deal with. I think in a lot of other com some semi-comparable situations. 
Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the. Op- oh, he's gone. All right. Thank you so much to Pilgrim Panda and Gangsta Kartik. By the way, I'm still playing uh, Nikkei. If anybody's playing that game, I've uh, been getting many waifus lately, and uh, just wanted to mention that I got Snow White. All right, Kilo is here. Kilo, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, San Antonio, Texas. How's it going? San Antonio, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? I have your favorite kind of topics. I want to talk about how Solo is a top three uh, laner in the LCS with only Impact and Fudge being better than him right now. All right. Make the argument. Okay. So I definitely think Solo for a long time has been slept on, you know, ever since that FlyQuest run back in 2020 where, you know, back-to-back summer finals, which is obviously not easy to do. Um, he kind of got slept on and what was it, 2021 spring, uh, didn't really, ended up on CLG or something. Then in Golden Guardians comes around in the summer, puts up a great showing, you know, shows that he can compete, um, brings the eventual TSM winners in, or eventual winners in TSM to five games. And then, uh, again, slept on, not getting anything, comes big, comes back in at the last minute for TSM back in 2022 after not having not really having a team uh, on the LCS level. And again, gives them like a great showing, immediately elevates their level um, in a really struggling situation. And I think, uh, you know, you can really pin a lot of that on him since it's been consistent. I think in addition to just like being a solid top laner that elevates the rest of people around him as an argument for being top three, um, he's got one of the best storylines, you know, as somebody who he's kind of like what everybody wanted Dardock to be, the super talented um toxic guy who eventually got over his toxicity and you know could achieve something and uh you know what better nickname is there than the the mercenary he's got the best hair in the lcs2 while you're at it that's true that's true i don't know travis is up there i think if he was on there you know he could have the best hair um i needs more mullet not uh, i'm not i'm not sold on the mullet stuff he has a very distinct uh hair style i will agree with that but it's some you love it or you hate it uh anyway mark is solo a top three top laner in the lcs in spring 2023 you answer first travis what do you think i'm gonna say i think you're gonna say no i'm gonna say absolutely really best no you're using that tone that you use where you don't sound genuine i'm not genuine Listen, I love Solo. I think he is underrated. Um, we had like that top rate, top lane ranking section with Fudge, you know, at the start of the year. <laughs> he was like putting Solo off the screen on like the low end, you know. I was like, come on, you can't do him like that. I think, um, you know, I, I don't, it sounds like he's better as a player to the caller's point or uh, as his teammate. Um, and I think he has a very specific way that he approaches the game which is really good in some situations and not very good in others um and in teams and metas where you can kind of stick your top laner on the weak side and win through other means uh he is really good about knowing how to absorb pressure he's really good about knowing his his personal win cons in a game um he's really good on tanks uh he does not even attempt to play the carries and this is just like i'm fine with people having play styles but even impact someone who has like 
you know, this tank philosophy will like play Gwen and shit. And like, yeah, I know he has the GP, you know, like I, I know he can, but like, it's, it's just so different than even like other tank players in the world who get that kind of moniker. Like he is so far into that rabbit hole <laughs> um, that like, yes, it works really well in situations that use him that way. But like, I don't think it's fair to say that makes him better than other players who have more versatility and diversity and are playing in situations where they can actually carry games and like give more draft options and stuff. So like, you know, so which I hear the what other, you're saying. Which are the other ones that are above him other than Impact and Fudge then? Uh, well, it depends what you're talking about. Are you, are you saying for performance this split or skill? Um, no, I hadn't really considered that. I guess I would say performance this split. If you're just power ranking this split top laners, Mark. Well, so when I do like my, my tier list, I tend to limit it to solely uh, performance. So if you're saying performance this split, um, I think he'd be a little higher than 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 normal. I think Armit's been not very good. I think uh, Licorice has been struggling. I think Dokla's been struggling. Even Summit to this point, I was just making about playstyle. I think like Summit is is a significantly better laner. I think he's a better player. I think he he's more uh, even though he has champ pool issues. I think he can like actually win you games. Or I think that's not something Soul is going to do. But right now he's also losing them games, and like Soul is very consistent, right? So like, I don't think I would ever say that Summit is a better. Or Solo is a better player, but like if I was strictly going based off performance, I feel like Solo's been very reliable for TSM. Um, and like that Scion game that he played, like that pick and CLG's stupid ass Jace counter pick that they put themselves in against it, uh, allowed him to solo carry that game because that dive that happened got him two kills. You know, like you're saying he can't carry a game, and then you proceed to say he carried a game on his tank picks. Bro, they picked you can't like what did he do? <laughs> Fucking mind control CLG to pick Jace mid and go all AD after the enemy team takes Scion. Like, if he can actually do that, then you're right, actually. I should rate him much higher if he can actually control other people's minds. Then I'm very much underrating him. I don't think he actually has that skill set though. Um, mullet is hypnotizing. I would maybe it is. Uh, so to, to, to finish out my ranking, you know, like there's a number of people I would put over him. I'd put him like right up there around revenge and tenacity tier currently. I think, um, someday impact, uh, fudge. Am I missing one of the other good ones? No, some someday impact fudge are like significantly ahead of him. Um, I would say tenacity is probably a little bit ahead of him, and even revenge, I would put like a little bit ahead of him. I put him probably like six ish right now. Really? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, quickly. Um, which, like, I, again, I think he's, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I think top three. Um, he's just lacking some of the things that I think are are really important for what I would want out of out of my top laner to do. But I also, like, I also would be happier with him on a team that has more firepower coming out of other other positions. You know, like he's he's a very situational player. He's like, I don't know, Travis. Give me a magic card comparison where it's like this card. Um, almost always generates value. It's it's usually a good card to play, but it's like hardly ever the game winner. You know, it's not like a bomb. It's just like a little bit of like a value engine kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a fetch land. Sure, I don't fucking know. What cultivate? Yeah. Um, Bull ring. Arcane signet. Draw two. Pot, yeah, pot yeah. of greed. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Um, I think no, he's more just like a, he's like a he's like a body that you drop. You know, like I know Hearthstone. It's just like he's he's a guy, he's got good stats. You drop him, you know, you feel good about the tempo that you got. But like, 
or like that you're used to mana, you know, feel felt good, but like it didn't. It, it's yeah, not going to win. Like not going to blow anyone out. I guess I would value that more right now because because you know the other laners in the league that I would say other than Impact and Fudge that are close to him would be Tenacity and Summit, and obviously Summit is not that body you can drop because he just gets bodied. Um, you know when the enemy jungler comes, and then Tenacity feels like he's almost there, but you know not quite. Um, and he just doesn't summit or solo just feels like he creates so much space for his team that these other two players in tenacity and summit really don't feel like. And then I, I don't know. I've been avoiding the immortals games, so I can't really speak too much. on Revenge that. Revenge has actually been pretty good. I will say he's been quietly I do remember one of the big, the graves meta and he was killing it there. So I have a lot of respect for him. For I'm sure, thinking so. about making a video about revenge and how revenge is like, the tragedy of North America and that he's never had a chance to be on a good team. And so as a North American player, he will never have a chance to like fully realize his potential in an environment that could actually like help him improve and get better and all that stuff. Because you have teams like team liquid that are like Alfari baby. Wait, 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 Whippo baby. You know, it's just. Uh, I feel like there, there's a world, you know, where like in an alternate reality, for some reason, revenge is picked up instead of fudge, and like in a system with C9 with like other great players around him, he's popping off. You yes. Know? Not that he would have exactly fudge's career, but like, you know, he could have been a licorice. He could have been a fudge. He could yeah. have been one of these young guys. But he was born and plays well in North America, the greatest sin a man can make. Okay. And they and they said, you know what? Instead of being a good player on a top team, you're going to be the franchise player on a shit team. I do you know? have uh, one more point to bring it back to solo. Um, but first, make it, Mark, make, it, you, make it quick. Would you say, yeah, would you say Impact is the best top laner in the league right now? Just for like a quick stat here. I think... Uh, him, Fudge, and someday have all kind of gone in circles this split. I feel like they they are a clear top three. Okay, okay, fair enough. I would say Impact is the best. I think there would be a lot of people that agree with me. Of the top six top laners, you know, um, everybody in the top six of the LCS, um, there are only two that go negative at like CSD Golden XP at 15, and that is Impact and Solo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we love we love he's, the Rams he's, stats. He's as good as Impact, based Wait, on what about what about alone. Licorice? Oh, he's not in the top six. Oh, so okay, see, so, okay, I got you, Kilo. Thank Wait, you so Licorice much. Anything you want to shout top out? Six, isn't he? Licorice is uh, tied for seventh. Oh, he's seventh. You're right. You're right. You're right. Kilo, just wait. Thing you would like to shout out? Uh, yeah. Um, long time podcast listener, first time caller. Thanks for having me on. Um, love Magic the Gathering. Travis, go to your local pre-release. Um, I did. Mark, I've loved your analysis for a long time. So, you know, thanks for having me on and uh, hope you have a great 2023. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. All right. We got one remaining caller to go. And Mark is off to get him. Thank you to SportsNut911, Aeon Rack, and Jason Krieg Alt. Thank you. Living Legend is here. Living Legend, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Austin, Texas. <laughs> Sorry, 
Sorry, Living Legend. It's just very funny because Revenge just showed up in the chat and said, what did I just walk into after our last call? It's very funny timing. Travis and I were just defending your honor, Revenge. That's what was happening. Someone called in and said Solo was the third best top player in the LCS this split. We argued about some of that, and, and you, he said he didn't watch Immortals games because he can't bring himself to. And then I said, Revenge has actually been good this split. Living Legend is here. Uh, remind me, where are you come, calling from? Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is pretty simple. I think Golden Guardians in the, at the moment are a top five LCS team. Oh, you say pretty simple. Now, do you mean like intellectually simple? Because I feel like some people are going <laughs> to think that you're fuck? being simple. With that take. Uh, um, I mean, just like, I mean, headshot him. What the fuck? Statement wise, maybe I can dive into deeper into like what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please dive in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I think like the main focal point of this team is their mid jungle with Gory and River. Uh, like starting with River, I think he's been pretty underrated since the time he's been in LCS. Like I think he just knows like all the perfect timings to find a gank and maybe some cheese picks that I feel like some junglers are missing out on this season. Normally, I would say Closer is good at that, but this season, I'm not too sure about that. And I think Gory is also a very good laner. Um, I think he's shown a lot of good flexibility with his picks, right? Um, I think he had some good control mage games on Azir, and he's showing uh, the ability to play roaming champs with Talia. And he's always been pretty proficient on melees from his past, like with Yasuo, Silas. So I think this team is set for fifth but i also think there's a pretty big gap from fifth place and then fourth place okay who are your four ahead of them um right now i think FlyQuest is definitely first and then i'd probably say eg 100 thieves c9 okay okay so you think golden guardian is better than team liquid yeah i do think they're good team liquid because i think honestly like it, i don't think you're too far off um, from like your take is not that unreasonable as much as I memed on it. In except if people if you can convince people that they are better than Team Liquid, because I don't yeah. think too many people are going to get angry at the idea that like they could be better than TSM and CLG and Immortals and Dig, right? Like if you say that they're the head of that pack, I don't think that that's that actually that that crazy. I mean, a lot of people will disagree, right? They might be like, oh no, TSM or something like that, but. Um, I don't think it's that crazy. Well, I think the issue you're going to run into is TL. People, people are saying TL boring. Okay, wait, no, that person's disagreeing. Okay, one person said TL is such a boring team, dude. TL is the they're fucking insane. Like, like Yawn and Core JJ are getting solo killed or solo kills every single laning phase. Like he's just walking up and spraying a brush and killing himself as core, or he's playing Sona and winning it. Summit's an absolute madman. I think he's the most entertaining player to watch in the LCS. Um, you know, Harry and, and Jan as, as rookie players make some funny plays sometimes. Pioshik's just kind of like running around. They're disjointed as hell, but they're also like talented enough that like they still don't get blown out in games. Like, dude, TL is so fun to watch. On to the Golden Guardians point of this talk. Um, I think it's not unreasonable at all. I think um, TSM and, and Golden Guardians will drop a little bit. I think Golden Guardians, Immortals... Wait, yeah, I say TSM and CLG are gonna drop a little bit. Golden Guardians, Immortals, and Team Liquid are gonna fight for the two remaining playoff spots. If I was gonna predict how the second 
round robin went in, in the rest of the split. I think you're right that, you know, FlyQuest is the best, and you have the next three of 100 Thieves, Cloud9, and EG. I think Team Liquid should be one of those top six teams. I think they should be fifth. They are doing their best to convince me that I'm stupid. Um, and then Golden Guardians at six, you know, between fifth and sixth, it's, it's, you know, pretty comparable. I think if TSM can hold on, I'd be pretty impressed. Um, I don't know if that will be the case. And then Immortals has, has a chance if they keep improving. But, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I'm a little skeeved out on Immortals. Like, I, I want them to do well. And I think if Kenby can kind of keep up that level of confidence he was having on his carry picks, I'll be really happy. But then immediately the next game, they took him off a of carry, if I remember correctly. And I was like, what are, you, what are you guys doing? Like, he just had one of his best games in the LCS. He helped you in the mid-game, even though he didn't get a ton of kills. And then you just, like, put him back on this, this bullshit that's not what he's, like, known for. I don't know. The issue with um, Immortals so is that their top laner fucking sucks. Um, well, it's tough anytime you have to carry his carcass around. But yeah, still. exactly, exactly. That's the that's the biggest issue. Uh, I uh, I think here the the issue for me is like if for it, it is no one should feel more embarrassed if Golden Guardians is fifth than Team Liquid. Like that is for me that that is that is basically where you're kind of at, right? Is like. I think Golden Guardians should not be fifth because I don't think that they are good enough to be fifth. And the only way they are is if Team Liquid is embarrassingly bad given the components that they have. And maybe they are, but I'm not convinced they're that bad yet. So until uh. I am convinced that they are actually that much of much of a disaster again given the components uh i'm going to hold off on granting golden guardians that fifth place spot i can maybe add a point regarding uh tl so i think like with tl right i think one of the problems they have right now obviously summit is like trying his best to like run it down every game but i think core has been underperforming uh pretty hard like when you think of core as a put Think of what he did when he first came to NA back in 2019, like the best player in the league. I don't think he's very proficient on these range supports. And something I see on Golden Guardians that I was quite surprised by was Huhi. Uh, Huhi's pretty well known from his time on 100 Thieves and Golden Guardians uh, with melee supports and engaged supports. And I think he's been playing range supports pretty good this uh, split so far. So I think... Um, there might be some better adaptations being made by the Golden Guardians bot lane, but I think Licorice is kind of a weak point on Golden Guardians. He's seems to me kind of like a coin flip player. Uh, I think Licorice and Stixay. Yeah, Stixay. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Stixay as well, I don't think he's as good as uh, like <laughs> Wolf, Berserker, Yawn in them, but yeah. So, sorry, I'm, I'm laughing. Um... Fucking, you know how Fleshy put an extra space in his name and we did that whole bit? I was looking, I'm looking at stats on our website, like the internal one, and there's just like all these different Fleshy games because he's fucking changed his name. <laughs> so it's just, I can't even look at these. Uh, anyways, I, I think uh, I agree that like Core, this has not been his best meta. I think he, it's made him more volatile than we're used to seeing out of Core, where usually he's just so reliable, he's so good, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
he's had some great games this split. I think people are overlooking some of those. Uh, I think he's also had some terrible games this split. Or not terrible, but like not good compared to his own standards. So like, yeah, I don't think it's great. But I I don't think the bot lane is where you'd win me. I think it'd be the mid jungle combo. I don't think Pioshik or Harry are like in, incredible right now. And I think you could make the case that like River and Gory are going to overtake them. And then um, I think Licorice and Someday, uh, Summit are very different players. And but like you know like Licorice got absolutely dumpstered by Summit in the one v one, but then also Summit ran it down. Um, so like I don't know. I think uh, if I had to put my money on a team to make sick, I think Team Liquid's fifth, to Travis's point. I agree with him there. And I think if I was going to put a team to put, get six, I think Golden Guardians might be it. I think it's very possible that end of this first round, Robin, Golden Guardians and uh, TL are tied four and five. Uh, TL beats CLG and then drops games to EG and C9. Golden Guardians beats TSM, beats Dig, loses to 100. Both teams, same record, first round, Robin. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find so, out this week during Super Week. Super Week. Living starting Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Uh Living Legend, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh not much. Just shout out to Alienware and that's it. Thank you for thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. All right, everybody, that's the show. Please stick around because I want to show you this funny video from Dan Peralt, creator of players uh mark zimmerman what do you got for us uh i'm just curious what you're gonna show what i want to see good stick around is this the, is this the new movie that he wrote stick around mark what do you got what do you, anything you want to shout out is blame game coming out tomorrow? uh blame game's coming out tomorrow i haven't recorded it yet i gotta do that oh still. my god i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying well, and you're going to Disneyland tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, other than that, uh, thanks everybody who watched. Stick around. I am going to hang out with chat. We're going to watch this video. And I guess and normally I feel like there's more to promote. Uh, tune into Super Week this week. Riot Games might not promote yeah. it. But I'll promote it for them because... We got the dive coming out tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. We have Zven on for like an hour and a half. He kidnapped me Friday night and refused to stop talking. So uh, I was at LCS for like 12 hours. Yeah. Really cool that you've started to do fucking interviews. I it was a kind of a dead, dead sector and, you know, there hadn't been much innovation lately. Um, we'll know, see y'all next week. Good.